Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. You've heard about reducing taxes, strategies to pay less to the IRS, even about ways you might avoid taxes on your Social Security when you retire. But has anyone ever talked to you about your largest tax? Better question, has anyone ever told you how to avoid your largest tax? Well, today is your day as our resident tax expert, Jay Barry Watts, applies the cooling aloe vera ointment of tax knowledge and 30 years of investment wisdom to your financial sunburn. So put your hands together and give a, well, wait a minute, unless you're driving, of course, then please just shout out, hooray. But either way, welcome the expert host of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, J. Barry Watts. Well, hello and welcome, Patrice, and welcome to our faithful listeners all across the fruited plain and around the world to another occasion of imparting common sense about taxes and investing and retirement into your minds on this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. My name is Barry Watts. I'm your host who, for the past 30 years, has been helping people to retire with confidence and age with dignity. That's what our host, the Wealthcare Corporation, is all about. Wealthcare is the sponsor of our podcast, and we hope you'll visit their website at www.savingyoutaxes.com to learn more about the services they offer to help people retire with confidence and age with dignity. Now, today we're going to talk about avoiding your largest tax. So I'll just ask you to pause for a moment and think in your mind, what do you think your largest tax is? I know, I know. That's okay, well, I what do you think, Patrice? Go ahead. 37%. Why would you say 37%? Because that's the largest. That's the tax. That's the top of the barrel. <clears throat> well, that is the top federal tax bracket at the moment. It's set to increase to 39% in just a little over three years, but that's not your largest tax, Patrice. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, well, um, all right. How about the estate tax? Uh, they can be up to 50% of what you inherit. Right? Well, that's pretty close to true. It's true that the federal estate tax can be 40% of what you inherit. And there are other expenses on top of that that can bump it up there toward 50%. But that's not the tax I'm talking about either. This is harder than Wordle. You know that? Yeah, so I don't like Wordle much. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I've made this too hard. All right. What is our largest tax? Well, I thought you'd never ask. You might want to roll the drums for this, Patrice, because this is the largest tax any of us will ever pay, but it's a tax that's paid equally by all of us. Hold on. Excellent. It's the dumb tax. The dumb tax is the cost of what we don't know. Now, technically, we should perhaps call it the ignorance tax. 
but cause to not know is to be ignorant. But when's the last time you said, I made an ignorant mistake? No, you don't say that. You say, I made a dumb mistake. Oh, yeah. And all of us make dumb mistakes with taxes and investments and with money, dumb decisions that cost us thousands and tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars because of what we don't know. I have personally, personally paid millions of dollars in dumb taxes. Now, I hope it's not tens of millions, but it might be. You see, this is the tax that's paid because of erroneous assumptions, <clears throat> because of excessive optimism, because of impulsive decisions or letting emotions get in the way. It's paid because we don't know, and we don't know what we don't know, and we don't know who does know, and we don't know how to find who knows, and we don't know how to know if they know. So we meander through life paying dumb tax after dumb tax after dumb tax because of what we don't know. And I can tell you, that after 30 years of designing retirements and coaching people through financial decisions, that no one is immune from the dumb tax and that people continue to find amazing new ways to pay it over and over again because they haven't learned. So I'm going to share with you today a couple of examples of the dumb tax. Now, many of these are cases where very smart people paid the tax and even continue to pay the tax just because they don't know. Even after you explain to them, they continue to pay this. And, and that's really the part of the point that I'm going to make today is once you become addicted to the dumb tax, you just keep mainlining it. You sometimes can't give it up. So one of the largest dumb taxes that I see people pay over and over is income taxes. I recall many months ago receiving a call from a guy down in Texas who said, I listen to your podcast and I love what you have to say, but my buddies at work say it just can't be true. So as much as I'd like to implement your strategies, I just can't do it. <laughs> okay, well, why did you call in the first place? And secondly, what do these buddies do for a living? Now, I don't recall what industry the man worked in, but it, was and it wasn't tax or finance. So if you run a soft drink bottling plant or a door manufacturer or you're a car dealer or a dentist office or whatever... Here's my question to you. Are you going to listen to other people in your industry as they tell you what can and can't be done? Or are you going to find and hire an expert tax strategist? That's a question that you should ask yourself right now. And then when you talk to this person who you're thinking about hiring as an expert strategist, when you go to interview them, you should tell them that you're looking for a tax strategist and see if they embrace that title or if they seem to withdraw from it, see if they will use it to describe themselves. Now, personally, I am a tax strategist and a retirement designer. I am an expert on tax. Now, that doesn't mean that I know everything there is to know about taxes, because I don't. There's 70,000 pages of the tax code. And it doesn't mean that I'm an expert on filing taxes. I'm not. We use a tax preparer for that. But when it comes to knowing what strategies you qualify for, that would save you taxes. I do have expertise in that area. Now, just this week, <clears throat> a business owner came to see me. He made well over a million dollars last year, and he paid $340,000 in taxes. And I asked if he was okay with that amount of tax. And of course he said, no. So in our first meeting, I was just able to eyeball it, look at his tax return without doing any digging and doing really any work on it. I could just eyeball it. And I said to him, I see a couple of hundred thousand dollars in taxes you could have avoided. Hundreds he, of thousands? A couple Sorry. hundred thousand, yeah. Wow. Like, like six figures. He slumped forward in his seat when I told him that. 
And he then began to tell me how he'd ask his CPA for help in saving taxes. And all they told him to do was to go buy a new truck or a new piece of equipment for his farm. In other words, what they told him was to create a deduction by spending more money. It's called a Section 179 write-off, and that is a part of the tax code. Section 179 is. So if you're a business owner and you need a new truck or piece of equipment or whatever, Section 179 is a great thing because you do get to deduct that particular expense. But if you don't need that new truck, that new piece of equipment, it really doesn't make any sense to spend money to get the deduction. Yet it's the number one way that CPAs across the country advise their clients to reduce the taxes. Spend more money so that on your books you will make less and you'll have to pay less in taxes. But really, is that all you've got? Wow. Wow. So I was able to show this client two simple strategies that he could have used to reduce his federal tax bill last year. And on top of that, it would reduce his state tax alone, but it was going to reduce his federal tax from $340,000 to $86,000. That's huge. <laughs> it's more That's than huge. huge. It's insane. It's what it is. Now, but it's, but it's factual. It's all in the tax code. And he was, of course, tickled pink to hear about this, but simultaneously, he was scared. <clears throat> Patrice, you know, one of the things I hear most in my office is, well, it sounds too good to be true. I wish I had a nickel for every time somebody sat at my conference table and said, it sounds too good to be true. And I always agree with them. It does sound too good to be true, but it's because our training is wrong. It's because we've become comfortable paying the dumb tax for so long that we like living with it. And then when someone like me comes along and says, hey, did you know the dumb tax is optional? You don't have to pay it. Well, people are excited about that, but they're also scared because they've become so comfortable paying the dumb tax. Let me give you an illustration, Patrice. I've got some friends, beautiful young couple in their early 30s, really nice people, gifted, wonderful to talk with, beautiful children. They've made a mess of their lives. He's taken uh, various drugs since he was a teenager. His most popular one today is smoking marijuana. And when he's not smoking marijuana, when he swears off his drugs, he goes for alcohol. And so I've, for the past few years, been trying to coach him through this and talk to him about spiritual matters, because I believe this all comes from a spiritual vacuum inside, a spiritual discomfort and discontent inside. And then you develop habits from that. And then, then the habits begin to take over. And so in recent months, he has become clean and sober. He's going to AA every day. And he commented to me just last week on how much clearer his mind is. And he said, I've got a daughter, seven years old. I didn't know. He said, I didn't know who she was and what her personality is because I was always so fogged up. I couldn't know her. And he said, now I'm beginning to see your personality and get to know her. And I really am excited about this. And he credits God for reaching down and lifting him up. And then he tells me about his wife. She's ready to leave him. And interestingly enough, she's asked him to, quote, quit talking about Jesus, end quote. Now, he's confused, my friend is, because he thinks he's doing better. And I think perhaps he is doing better. But now that he's doing better, she wants to end it. Hmm. And so what I told him was this. I said, look, <clears throat> she has lived with a drunk for over a decade. She's become comfortable with the unpredictable tension of living with a drunk. And now you're sober and clean and taking an interest in the family and trying to overtly walk the straight and narrow. 
and it's thrown her equilibrium off. She knows how to live with an unreliable drunk, but she doesn't know how to live with a righteous man seeking to walk a straight path. You've made her uncomfortable. In a way, she's actually good with paying the dumb tax. You see, here's why I tell you that story, because just like my friend's wife, many people continue to pay taxes they don't have to, and they keep paying them because it's comfortable. They have an equilibrium with having to do that, writing that big check once a year, and then walking away and griping with all of their friends about it as they drown their tears in their beer. And when I tell them they can walk free, and I show them in black ink on white paper from the Internal Revenue Code of the United States government, the exceptions to paying the tax, well, they just can't believe that there's that much hope. They can't bring themselves to believe that. They'd rather keep on living with the drunk and pay the dumb tax. And I see this over and over and over and over and over again. I don't get it. Human beings are hard to work with. <laughs> And it's really interesting. So what I want to say to our listeners is simply this. Look, if you're paying dumb taxes, and we all are in some way, hopefully we get better and we're paying less dumb taxes as we go along. So, so just stop it. Stop this. Resolve to learn. Resolve to find a teacher that you have confidence and faith in. And follow that teacher until they prove themselves to not be worthy of being followed. And apply what they teach you and see if it doesn't help you. I have many clients who will quickly testify to the amount of taxes that they saved over the past year or two years or 10 years or whatever it happened to be because they implemented tax saving strategies. But I have an equal number of people who've come and sat through my office and paid $10,000. And by the way, we don't always charge $10,000. I'm just thinking about one case in particular, which was with a large multi-million dollar business that we did charge $10,000. And... Um, the guy got up and walked away because he took our plan and he took it to his CPA and the CPA looked at the plan and said, yeah, that's all in the tax code. You can do it. But I, I, I just don't think you ought to do it because it might raise red flags. Well, that's bullpucky from a lazy CPA. It, because since when did it raise a red flag to follow the tax code and to do what's in the tax code? When did it raise a red flag to follow the law? That's kind of like saying if you're on a 75 mile an hour interstate, well, I'm not going to drive over 60 because I, I don't want to, I don't want to raise the attention of the trooper. Well, if it says 75, you can drive 75. Now you can't drive 80. Well, you really can, but, but we don't that's certainly a, don't advise that. That's a great analogy though. Yeah. And that's really what it's about is it's about saying, what's the rule here? The rule is 75 miles an hour. Well, let's put this darn thing at 75 miles an hour. Well, the rule is you can save this tax. Let's save that particular tax. Why would we stay back over here at 50 miles an hour and give the other 20%, the other 20 miles an hour, whatever the math is here, I'm lost. <laughs> we give. Why would we give that back to the government when we could have it and we could take advantage of it ourselves? Well, the only reason we would do that is because we're comfortable. We're comfortable. We're comfortable. And we don't want to make the change that's necessary. We'd rather live in our misery. So there's one example of paying the dumb tax. Now, Patrice, let's switch up here mm -hmm. and let's talk about a different way that we might pay the dumb tax. Let's talk about losing money so you don't pay taxes. Losing money so you don't pay taxes. 
So we're going to talk now, instead of really taxes, we're going to talk about investments, although taxes come into the conversation. So this is a conversation I had this week. I have dumb conversations every week <laughs> from with very smart people, by the way, smart people who I like and respect. And please understand that I'm being respectful when I call them dumb. I'm just call, pointing out there are things we don't know. And somebody needs to say to you, hey, wake up. You don't know. You aren't paying attention. I'm amazed at the number of people who sit at my conference table and pontificate and explain to me these things. And they just don't know jack about what they're talking about. And I'm always torn between letting them talk and just seeing if they will run out of air or letting them go ahead and explain to me the deep level of their expertise, which is wrong. And it's amazing to me how far people will go sometimes in that. But anyway, this lady comes to see me this week. She's got about a million dollars. Now, she's got $300,000 sitting in a taxable account. So it's money that she's paid taxes on to put into that account. As it grows in that account, she pays taxes on it. And when she takes it out, she'll pay taxes on anything that she hasn't already paid the tax on. And last year, she paid about $20,000 on this $300,000 account. Now, what I'm not going to tell you about is the half million dollars that she has sitting in cash over in the bank, drawing less than 1% oh. and shrinking in buying power by about $45,000 over the past year. We're just going to set that aside and not even deal with that. Oh but there gosh. could be some dumb tax there too. So let's just talk about her 300000 sitting in a taxable account. <clears throat> this account has lost $85,000 in the first six months of this year. She's lost $85,000 in that account. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty big, dumb tax to pay. But she's paying it. And the reason she's paying it is because she just shrugs her shoulders and she thinks it comes with the territory. So I pointed out to her that she had lost this money voluntarily because she left it invested when the markets were going down. She didn't call her financial representative or advisor or stockbroker or planner, or whatever you want to call all these people. She didn't call them and they never called her. By the way, that's a sign. They never called her. And so I told her how we'd sold out our managed clients and our managed portfolios and put them back in cash in January. And that the average account that we manage this year is only down single digits while the S&P 500 is down between 20 and 25%. I told her how, because we sold them out, one of our clients, we actually did the math on it yesterday. I was extremely pleasantly surprised. One of our clients is actually up 1% this year, while the S&P is down 20 to 25%. Isn't it funny that I was excited about, yay, we did 1% this year, but everybody else lost 20 or 25. I just hope the client realizes how good it is that he's made 1%. And I told her how another client uses all protected principal. He hasn't lost a dime this year, but she's lost $85,000. So when I told her about this, she looked at me and she said, but if I had sold my investments, I would have had to pay the taxes. Oh, dear. Well, when I picked my jaw up off the floor and recovered my composure, I said, okay, let's do a little math. If every dollar in your account had been taxed at the highest rate, and it wouldn't have been because less than half the money in the account was taxable and she's in a lower tax bracket. But if every dollar had been taxed at the highest rate possible, you would have paid a maximum of $77,000 in taxes last year. Now, the reality is she would have only paid about $20,000 in taxes, probably. And that coincidentally is what she paid on that account last year. 
And so if she had done what we told her to do or what we told her we would have done in retrospect, she would have about $65,000 more in her account today. But no, she saved those taxes because she decided to ride out the financial tsunami that we're undergoing. And now she's down in value $85,000. So she didn't have to pay tax. And who, who knows how much further this is going to go down. She is paying the dumb tax. So I asked her, who are your financial advisors? She gave me two different names. And then I asked her to rate them on a scale of one to 10. And she gave them both an eight. That's pretty good. But neither one of them called her as the market started going down. Neither one of them told her it was time to move her money to the sidelines back in January before the markets began this torturous sell-off. Neither one of them demonstrated how she could use, for example, a strategic Roth integration to create a $700,000 larger nest egg for her family when she dies. Yet she continues to think of them as her advisors and think highly of them. She continues to pay the largest tax of all, the dumb tax. How are you doing today, my listening friend? Are you paying any dumb taxes? Are you tired of it? Are you going to keep paying some more, hoping it gets less painful? Now, I don't want to pretend that I'm the smartest guy. I'm not. Are we clear on that? If, you, if we're not clear on that, I'll give you my wife's cell phone number. You can just call her and she'll clear it all up for you, okay? <laughs> And by the way, she loves me and I love her, but she she can point out some times when I dribble the ball off my toes, so to speak. You could call my office. My number's out there. You could, you could reach my staff and say, Hey, has he ever done anything dumb? And they'll say, well, how much time do you have? Patrice who, who produces my no, no, podcast. Nope. 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 Oh, Patrice, she's nope. not going to get guilty on any of this, but she can tell you from time to time we've stumbled, said something we shouldn't have, that we've done things that didn't work really well. I've paid my share of dumb taxes over the years. Maybe that's how I got the wisdom I have. I learned by doing the wrong thing. So here's the deal. <clears throat> if you don't have financial expertise, if you've never retired before, so you know how to do it if you've done it before, but if you've never done it before, you probably don't know how to do it. If most of your money is sitting in a tax-deferred IRA or 401k type account where you'll pay taxes on it later when tax rates are higher. If you've been invested throughout this entire down market and you never moved to the sidelines, you've paid a horrible, horrible, dumb tax. Stop it. Find yourself an advisor. Find a tax strategist. Develop a plan to reduce the taxes you pay, the money you lose, and to reduce the largest tax of all, the dumb tax. And if you don't know where to turn, well, pick up the phone and call me. You can find my number by going to www.savingyoutaxes.com, which will take you to the website for the Wealthcare Corporation. And there you can read about the work that we do, get a little sense of who I am, find other podcast episodes. And then you can reach out and call my office and actually schedule a time for you and me to talk. But don't keep paying the dumb tax. You've been a fabulous guest today. I'm Barry Watts, tax strategist and retirement designer. And I look forward to talking with you soon on another edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is a production of the Wealthcare Corporation. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal 
Tax and Investment Council. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not as advice for you specifically. The lawyers like for us to remind you that all investment involves risk and you could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.